there, it's Reagan. Before we get started with today's episode, I have a quick message for you. I want you to know that it's never too early to start with proper bookkeeping for your business. This has been my first year of business in 2022, and I really tried to make myself as accessible as possible to everyone that needs help with this aspect of running their business. With that being said, I'm going to be making some changes in 2023 that will allow to allow me to serve my clients better and create more value for them. The first thing that will be changing is that my prices are going to go up for my bookkeeping services, but that's not until January 1st, 2023. I'm releasing this podcast episode in December of 2022, and if you're interested in working with me and want to take advantage of my introductory rate, you have until December 31st, 2022 to schedule a free consult with me and explore your options. It's a savings of 63% for the base price of monthly bookkeeping services. My services right now are based on the scope of your accounting work, but starting in January, it's going to be one price, and that will be all-inclusive for all business sizes. And that is truly going to give me the space to do my work and help my clients grow their businesses. So if you would like to learn more about my bookkeeping system that I use for all of my clients, you can schedule a free 30-minute consultation call with me. The link to access my calendar is alleaseaccounting.as.me forward slash consult. I can't wait to meet you. Now, on with the rest of the episode. Hello, everyone. Today, I want to talk to you about accounting software. I think this is going to be kind of a longer episode. My notes for this episode are like five pages long, but... Uh, I promise it's really important information to consider, so we're just going to go with it. I hope I don't bore any of you to tears. Uh, Sorry in advance if I do. (laughs) But stick around. It's really important. I've talked before about why you need to have a bookkeeping system and good record keeping as part of your best practices for your business. All of my clients currently use Intuit's products, QuickBooks Online specifically. I am a certified advanced QuickBooks Pro Advisor. However, I don't work for Intuit and I'm not sponsored or paid by them in any way to promote their products. So just know that in advance. I received this certification by working through their self-taught courses about their products. And this allows me to help my clients choose the product that's right for them. It also makes me an expert on customizing Intuit's products for my clients' needs. So I definitely pride myself on educating people and creating whatever those best practices are for their accounting workflow. I certainly won't be telling anybody what they should or shouldn't be using when it comes to their accounting systems for the business, but I do think that there are some software products and apps that are better or worse than others, and I do encourage you to do your own research to find something that is gonna work for you. So before I tell you what my must-haves are for accounting software, I want you to consider um, a couple of things. So when you're looking for an accounting software that you're gonna use for your business, for financial record keeping, I want you to think about these questions. Number one, what is the nature of your work? So this may be different from the nature of your business. For example, you may own a service-based business, traveling to clients' homes to perform the service, but your role in the business is that you're actually the dispatcher or office administrator, and therefore the nature of your work doesn't involve daily travel. So answer the following questions for yourself. Do you work from an office or from home? 
Do you do most of your work at a desk or other stationary work position? Does your work require you to be out in the community, traveling daily to clients' homes or places of business? Do you travel and how frequently? So that's all what you're gonna consider as the nature of your work, like what you're doing physically day to day. And then the second question to think about is what is the nature of your business? So you have the nature of your work and then you have the nature of your business. They're two separate things. The nature of your business is different from the actual work that you do. Um, and you can answer these questions. Are you a sales-based business? And if so, is that all digital or online sales? Is it in-person retail or is it a combination of the two of those things? And if you're not sales-based, are you service-based? Are your services virtual or do you meet your customers face-to-face -face in a physical environment? And then there are some businesses that are sales and service-based. You could have like a doctor's office that also sells um, some sort of retail product in their office. So it could be a combination of the two of those things. So sales, service, or a combination of those, that will be what we consider the nature of your business. And then the last question to ask is, what is the scope of the financial information that you need to have access to? So this is sometimes hard to know, especially if you're a, biz a, new, a new business owner or if you don't understand what your financial reports are telling you. So I want you to think about why you started your business and what you're looking to achieve. So do you have a revenue goal, a goal for platform reach, or do you have a production output market that you wanna meet? Depending on what your goals are, you can think about the kind of financial reporting access that you need for your business. And this is also kind of tied up into the nature of your business. So when we talk about nature, that's sales, service-based, or combination. So for instance, if you're a lawyer who takes on like a personal injury case, um, that may not get paid out for like a year or more. And if you're just tracking how much cash you make during a time period, it's not gonna accurately reflect your business practice, your, like your legal firm. And what I mean by that is just that when you're looking at what you've made this year, like what you've actually deposited in the bank, when you're waiting on the settlement that's coming in the following year, you're not taking into account that you have expected receivables, you have expected revenue that's coming in in the future. So if you're just tracking your cash deposits and your monthly expenses in a spreadsheet, that's not gonna be accurate or helpful for you to understand and think critically about your business. So for some businesses, especially people in like the licensed contractor industry, so you've got your plumbing, HVAC technicians, et cetera, construction companies who have to pay for job materials and labor in advance of receiving the full payment for a job. These folks usually have to report to their licensing board, their schedule of assets and liabilities to receive or renew their licenses. So if you're a licensed contractor, and I believe this is on a state-by-state state, state basis in the United States, you have a licensing board that you need to get licensed in order to get insured to do the work that you do. And the licensing board might have financial reporting requirements for you. So those are all the things I want you to consider when you're thinking about what kind of software you want to have for your accounting. What's the nature of your work? What's the nature of your business? And what's the scope of the financial information that you need access to? So now that we've talked about what to consider 
When you're looking for that accounting software, I want to tell you what I know to be true for all business types. For sure, no matter what, your accounting system and record keeping needs to do two things. Number one, it needs to give you the ability to reconcile your accounts or balance your books. We'll talk about that, what that means in a minute. And number two, the accounting system needs to run three basic reports, and we'll talk about what those are in a minute. But first, let's talk about what it means to reconcile your accounts or balance your bookkeeping. At the bare minimum, everyone should be balancing their bank and credit cards each month. I'm not sure if you had to do this, but in middle school, when I was learning like the home economics stuff during like sex ed, we were taught how to balance a checkbook. And we had to do that thing where it was like, this is how much diapers and formula cost. So if you were to have a baby uh, right now, like how much money would you need to make? And then here's how to balance your checkbook. Like it was like eighth grade, we were learning this. Um, so I realized probably not everybody has had access to that education. And so I'm gonna give a brief overview of what it means to balance your accounts. And yes, I know a lot of people know how to do this already, but we're gonna go over it. It is like the bare minimum essential. Balancing an account is doing the following. You're taking the balance forward from your last statement period. So for instance, if you're looking at your transactions in your, in your checking account for December, you'll see that whatever your account balance was on November 30th has carried forward. So you start with that balance and it'll say, account starting balance or something on your bank statement. You take that balance and then next you add up all the deposits or account credits that happened during the current period that you're balancing. So this is all of the money that's been added to your account during that time period. You're gonna add that to your starting balance. Next, you'll add up all of the debits or withdrawals. This includes checks that you wrote and that cleared your account, meaning that they are posted on the bank statement. Sometimes you may write a check in one month, but it actually doesn't get cashed until the following month. So you're not including checks that you wrote but were not cashed yet. You're only including transactions that actually appear on the bank statement. So you're adding up debits, withdrawals, and that includes debit card transactions, ATM cash withdrawals, bank charges, etc. You're going to take the total amount of credits deposited, add it to your starting balance, and then you're subtracting the total amount of debits or withdrawals from the account. So when you do this formula, you should arrive at the same ending balance as what's shown as the ending balance on your bank statement. If those two numbers are different, something's missed, something's wrong somewhere, maybe something wasn't added correctly, you need to go back over each transaction on the bank statement and make sure you haven't doubled anything or missed any transactions completely. I know that many people already know how to do this, and if you do, then great. But there are people out there who do not know how to do this, and there's nothing wrong with that. But this is something that has to be done for all of your bank, credit card, and loan accounts if you're a business owner on a monthly basis to verify that you've accounted for every transaction that took place. So why is balancing your account beneficial to you? And like I said before, everybody needs to be doing this. It's not just business owners. Your personal accounts, personal checks, personal credit cards, you need to be looking at that statement every month to make sure things that aren't missed. Make sure that things aren't missed. Um, but especially as a business owner, balancing your accounts is beneficial for a couple of reasons. Number one, 
You know that you've accounted for every payment and expense that has been transacted. You're not missing deductions that help reduce your tax liability. You're not missing customer payments. Missing customer payments means that you're not actually getting the full picture of your revenue, or it can lead to issues with your relationship with your customer. If they swore they already paid you, but you can't locate their payment, that's not gonna be a good reflection on you as a business owner. Number two, balancing your accounts is beneficial because you know you haven't doubled anything. When you balance your account, you're going down one by one each transaction that happened according to your bank statement and your check register or spreadsheet or receipts, however those are being tracked. So if something was recorded twice, you'll know immediately. If you're recording a customer's invoice and then you record the deposit of their payment as income, that can actually double that revenue on your reports. If you're running reports to show what was invoiced plus what was deposited, unless that deposit was matched up as a payment to that invoice, you're, not, you're gonna have twice as much revenue showing. It's important that deposits and customer payments are matched up correctly to avoid this. So if you have double, doubled income or revenue, that means you may have paying more in taxes. And if you're doubling expenses, that means you're taking more tax deductions than you're allowed to. And both of those things are bad. So we don't wanna be doubling anything. Balancing our accounts is good. Number three, if any fraudulent activity is taking place in your account, you'll know almost immediately. So this is why we balance the accounts monthly at least. Some people do it weekly, which is perfectly fine. The bare minimum is monthly. If there are fraudulent charges, you'll see that within 30 days if you're balancing monthly. And you can contact your bank and resolve the issue. Nowadays, most banks have fraud alerts that can help stop these charges from happening. But either way, you need to be aware of what's taking place in your accounts regularly. Balancing your account monthly is the way to do that. So when I say at least monthly or bare minimum monthly, that means monthly or more frequently than monthly. So like weekly or even some people do it daily. And then finally, the beneficial reason for balancing your accounts is that banks make mistakes sometimes. I've personally seen instances where a teller is depositing a check for someone and gets credited to their account twice. For the most part, the bank is going to contract is going to transact things correctly, but it's always a good practice to get a receipt when you make a check or cash deposit and to know what was deposited yourself. This way you're able to compare that later to what's reported on your bank statement. And sometimes it's not like missing a check and a deposit or putting something in there twice. And this happens to me a lot is like switching two numbers. Like if you have like a deposit that's like $525, like sometimes my fingers will just mess up and it'll be like $552. So it's just like you've switched two of those numbers and that happens. But it's important that you're doing this on a regular basis so that you catch things like that. Otherwise, your account's not going to balance. So you're better prepared to catch those discrepancies when you've got a good record keeping system and you'll catch them sooner if you're regularly balancing your accounts. So those are the reasons why you want to balance your accounts at least monthly. This is what accountants call reconciliation. You're reconciling your bank account according to what is reported on the bank statement each month. So the bank sends you a statement monthly, either in the mail or electronically, depending on how you're enrolled to receive them. So as frequently as that statement comes in, you'll want to reconcile your bookkeeping or to your bookkeeping. 
Now, today we're talking about making a choice of which accounting software to use. And since you need to be balancing your books each month, your software should at least have the capability to reconcile. Most actual accounting software is going to have this capability. There are other options that's just like software to track personal expenses, um, and those probably aren't gonna give you the option to reconcile. If you're using like an Excel spreadsheet, you're gonna have to use a template that's, uh, that's got formulas that calculate your beginning and ending balances and shows you whether your account is in balance. But why would you go through all that trouble, like an Excel spreadsheet, finding a template that you like that calculates things correctly? Why would you go through all that trouble when you can choose the option that has these capabilities built in? So aside from the ability to reconcile or balance your books in your accounting software, the second capability that you need to have, um, you want to answer those questions that I asked you earlier about the nature of your work, business, financial reporting needs to determine what level of reporting you need access to, because the second thing that you have to do on a regular basis is read your reports. So whatever system you're using needs to have reporting capability. So here are the three reports that I think you need to be reviewing on a monthly basis. Number one, the profit and loss statement. This is also known as your income statement. This report shows you for a certain period of time how much revenue or income your business took in and the expenses that took place during that same time period. You'll hear people refer to this report as your P&L. The P&L is what your accountant uses to file your taxes each year. Whatever your net profit is, aka the money left over or the loss of money when you add your revenue and subtract your expenses. That's what's reported to the government as your income. This is specifically for sole proprietors. It's not necessarily true for corporations or partnerships or other business entities. The P&L statement can help you determine a budget. It'll show you whether your prices are in line with the profit you want to be making. Everything on this report is valuable information to how your business is run and can help you make better decisions about how to make and spend your money. The second report that you must look at is the balance sheet. This report shows you at a certain moment in time the cumulative balance of all of your accounts. I'm going to explain what that means because it's people here cumulative and they're like, what the hell is that? Cumulative means it's added up over all time. It's not just for a certain time period. So for instance, if you pull your profit and loss statement for the whole year of 2022, if you pull your balance sheet for 2022, it's still showing you the balance of all the transactions that took place in those accounts beyond 2022. So all the way back to wherever your records start. That's what cumulative means. It's not just for one time period like the P&L. So the balance sheet lists your cash assets like checking and savings accounts, balances, the value of your equipment assets, so if you've got big old office equipment or if you have equipment that you have to do um, on that you have to use for a job, like big equipment that costs like thousands of dollars, the value of that equipment shows up on the balance sheet. It also shows you the balances on your loans. So business loans, lines of credit, credit cards, the balances at a certain moment in time are going to show up on the balance sheet for those loans. 
any liabilities that you owe, like sales tax or payroll taxes, which we will talk about another time, but just know liabilities go on the balance sheet. The balance sheet also shows you the total cumulative, over time, equity of your business. So when you're a business owner, you put in equity in a couple of ways. You put in equity when you've got cash that you put into the business to start up the business, to pay bills, etc. You've got sweat equity that isn't really measured on any, on any report. Sweat equity is quote unquote unpaid labor that you perform as the business owner. It's your time, it's your experience, etc. that you put into the business to start it up. When you're the business owner and you're a sole proprietor, you don't get paid on payroll usually. Like this, I'm speaking very generally. Business owners who are a sole proprietor don't have a salary where taxes are withheld. They usually take what's called an owner's draw, which is where they just transfer money out of the business into their personal bank account to quote unquote pay themselves. We will talk more about how to pay yourself as a business owner on another episode. I always get questions about that and I promise you I will talk about it. But for the purposes of today, just know that the owner drawing money out of the business is just equity. That's just what we're calling it. So equity flows in and out and it is not taxable. Equity flows in when you put in cash into the business bank account out of your personal funds. Equity flows in whenever you're putting in sweat equity, you're putting in labor, you're putting in experience into the business. It's not taxable. You're not taxed on any money that you put into the business and you are not taxed on money that you take out of the business as equity. You're taxed on your net profit or loss, which is not calculated from the money you put in and out. Remember, the profit or loss is the revenue that, the, that your business makes from the sales of products, from services that you do. Your income is profit or loss. Revenue minus expenses. <clears throat> and you're taxed on your net profit or loss. It's not calculated for money that goes in and out from your equity when you're taking money out when you put money in. So the balance sheet report shows you this cumulative total of all time of how much money you've put into the business and how much money you've taken out over the lifetime of the business records. So that's all that shows up on the balance sheet. There's a couple other things, but we don't really need to talk about them. Finally, the third report that you need to be reviewing monthly, you need to have access to this report, is the cash flow statement. The statement of cash flow is something that a lot of people prefer to focus on rather than the P&L and the balance sheet. I think this is kind of flawed because the P&L and balance sheet are actually what's used to file your taxes and report your income to lenders. But people like to focus on the cash flow statement because they like to just know how much money is sitting in their bank account at any given time, which is fine. There's nothing wrong with that. The cash flow statement is kind of like looking at your bank statement each month. It accounts for the starting cash balance, so how much money you start with for a certain period, and then all of the money that flows in and out of the accounts during that period. So it adds in cash deposits, customer payments, etc., and then it subtracts money that flows out. So not only will your expenses show up on your cash flow statement, but so will loan and credit card payments. This is useful to know because loan payments do not show up on your P&L. 
Since a loan is a liability to your business, payments towards a loan are not an expense. I'm gonna repeat that. Loan payments are paying towards a liability, which we know is recorded on the balance sheet. Loan payments are not an expense for your business. They do not get recorded on the P&L. So when you look at your P&L each month, you will not see loan payments on your profit and loss statement. A payment towards a loan reduces the liability on your balance sheet because you're reducing the balance of the loan by paying it off. So your cash flow statement will show you loan payments because when you pay a loan, it's reducing the amount of cash that you have on hand. But when you make a payment towards a loan, you do not get to claim that payment as a business expense. That is a very simple way to think about it, but most people still do not understand that concept. So for right now, I just want you to understand that the difference between a cash flow statement and your P&L. Loan payments reduce the cash that you have right now, but they're not a business expense and they cannot be taken as a tax deduction. I have seen people make that claim, putting loan payments on their P&L. No, ma'am, we're not, that's not how that works. That is incorrect. So that's your cash flow statement. Cash flow is whatever cash we started with, whatever money came in, whatever money went out, and then we have the ending cash balance. Cash flow statement. That's the third report that you need to have access to. So those are the three reports <laughs> that every business should have access to on a monthly basis your profit and loss statement or your P&L, the balance sheet, and the statement of cash flows. So if you're using Excel, you're gonna have to play with some formulas or you can find a template to create these reports. If you're using an accounting software app, make sure that these reports, all three of them, are available to you. And even more importantly, that you can play with the dates on those reports. You're gonna to wanna to look at these reports for different time periods so that you can compare how you've grown, make a budget for regular expenses that you can expect, and set goals and plan for your business finances. So, just to recap, here are the two features that you need to have no matter what record keeping or accounting system you're using. Number one, you need to have the ability to balance and reconcile your accounts each month using the bank statement that you have for those accounts. Number two, you need to have the ability to pull these three reports every month, the profit and loss statement or the P&L, the balance sheet, and the statement of cash flows. Everything else is just bells and whistles, right? You have access to software that will offer budgeting tools, payroll processing, accepting online payments, recurring invoices, etc. There are many options out there. Like I stated at the beginning, I am a certified advanced QuickBooks Pro Advisor, but I am not paid by Intuit to promote their products. I have had clients in the past who used other accounting apps and they had success with those. I recommend QuickBooks because it's familiar to me. I think their prices are commensurate with the kind of value they provide. And because as an accountant, I can ask my clients bookkeep, I can access my clients bookkeeping in a way that is collaborative and facilitative to the work that I do. No matter what, I hope you'll do your own research and you'll take my suggestions about these basic features that you need to have. And I hope that you make an informed decision. 
because all of this is for naught if you don't have access to good record keeping. When you've got the data and information at your disposal, you're going to be more empowered about what's going on with your business. So that's all I've got for you today. I hope this helps. Thanks for tuning in. If you are enjoying what you're learning on this podcast, please consider supporting me through a subscription on anchor.fm. Any donation amount is welcome, or you can simply share it with someone you know. You can also follow me on Instagram at alleaseaccounting and sign up for my email list at alleaseaccounting.com forward slash subscribe. Thanks for listening. Thank you.